0: As promised this week, I'm reading each day a different essay from my book Crisis Investing, and I find reading those essays harder than I thought. At least hearing my voice while I'm reading them. But I trusted you enjoy them, and I picked one more from March 2020. The last one was from March 9th, and if you missed it, you can go back and see it in your favorite podcast listening app. This one is called Investing in Times of Pandemic, and it was written on March. 23rd, 2020. We were all staying at home at that time, and New York was very quiet. It was a standstill. There were no people on the streets. We still continued to go for walks and take our bicycles out to explore. But on a few occasions, we were asked to go home, especially when we wanted to sit down on a bench and look at the Hudson River. But this is what I wrote in March 2020, on the 23rd. The last few weeks have felt like years to most of us. Out of nowhere, we have been wakened from a low volatility, 11-year-old bull market, to a stormy market crash. We've seen record-breaking daily moves, mostly downward. Three years of gains have been erased from the major indices in as many weeks. A process that feels like taking a slow escalator up and a fast elevator down. To me, the wake-up call came on the last day of the most recent conference I attended. It was in late February in Florida, and after spending a few days with CEOs of major U.S. companies, I finally saw the headlines reporting town lockdowns in northern Italy. In response, I soon decided to cancel my trip to Europe. Then two more trips. Not long after that, we all started working remotely. Last week, from the comfort of my home, I had the great pleasure of joining MOI Global's John Mihaljevic for an impromptu virtual Q&A session aptly titled Intelligent Investing in Crisis Mode. You can find it on my website. Among John's guests sharing their perspectives were Howard Marks, Tom Russo, Guy Speer, and other highly respected value investors from around the world. Before we dove into the topic of building a portfolio in a time of crisis, John asked me, How my daily routine had changed in the last few weeks? My answer I stay home, I save an hour on my daily commute, and Megan and I have time to bike almost every day to get some exercise. I also admitted that until a day or two ago, I was reading far too much daily news, keeping up with the incessant pandemic updates. I decided to change that. Otherwise, it's business as usual patiently looking for ideas. As you might know from our earlier posts, we at Seacart entered this treacherous time in what we believe is a very favorable position. We have ample cash. In addition, we hold what we call market protection in the form of gold holdings and certain exchange traded funds that go up when volatility and risk spike. We position the portfolios this way not over the last few weeks, but over the last few years. Ahead of a likely economic slowdown, we had also consciously pruned our portfolio to eliminate overvalued late-cycle names, replacing them with stocks chosen on the basis of financial strength. We had no way of knowing that a pandemic was around the corner, but we had been cautious for a while. We wrote and talked about it extensively. Market valuations were too high, Fundamentals were stretched, and we believed that we were due for a reality check in the form of a market correction. The panic selling triggered by the virus, followed by the expected drop in demand and diminished economic activity, happened to be the catalysts. Just us, we had no way of knowing when the record-breaking bull market would end. We can't predict the duration of the current accelerated market sell-off. As we always have, we will respond slowly and gradually mirroring the way we'd been trimming our holdings during the market rise, We will be adding to current ones and starting new holdings as we wait for the market to bottom. I'll emphasize gradually, the slow pace of acquisition saves us from having to time the market or attempting to call where its top or bottom might be. At the same time, it gives us the opportunity to build long-term positions in great businesses that would otherwise be too expensive to offer a sufficiently attractive return. This is a moment to start building a portfolio for the next 3, 5, 10 years and beyond. We see that a median US stock is already down 50%, according to Bloomberg, and the market benchmarks are off by one-third. As dramatic as the drop may seem, believe there is room for further correction, especially among stocks that have been part of the most recent market rally. The ultimate sign of capitulation would be a sell-off in the market darlings of the last few years as panic-stricken investors sell to raise cash. This may not occur soon, and it's possible that the market darlings might be safe this time around. If we do see a sell-off among the high flyers of the last few years, We believe it would be an indicator that the bottom is closer. As we waited for the market shakeout to play out, we started to nibble on some stocks. We have a long wish list of those we'd like to own at the right price. What are we buying? There are at least three buckets of opportunities ahead in our opinion. The first are companies that should experience limited impact from the demand drop triggered by travel and movement restrictions. That group includes a number of companies that fell as much as the market or more. We believe that their sell-off was driven mostly by investors selling indiscriminately, regardless of the underlying quality of the business. These stocks were further these stocks were hurt by investors who quickly needed to liquidate their holdings under pressure. We've made some small acquisition in this segment of the market. The second group consists of companies that will experience some impact from the current restrictive policies, but should endure on the basis of their position, financial strength, and business quality. Among them, we find a number of stocks whose prices have already come down. This gave us the opportunity to initiate small positions, but we believe we may see lower prices down the road. These are companies that are often too expensive for a disciplined investor, but in times like this, may be within reach and offer sufficiently attractive returns from current prices. The last group is companies more directly impacted by the economic shutdown. This group likely has the largest possible upside, given their turnaround potential in the future. However, they could also carry the real risk of a permanent loss of capital. We're currently refining a short list of companies that we may buy as a basket in order to diversify the risk while still capturing the potential and possible growth. Naturally, in the last group, we will do our best to avoid any companies that demonstrate an obvious high risk of a total loss. Yes, this is a staycation we didn't ask for. For us, as disciplined patient investors managing family fortunes for generations, it presents one of the most compelling buying opportunities in our investment careers. While many market observers obsess over where the bottom of the market might be, we act slowly but decisively. There has never been a bottomless market in the history of investing, and this one will have a bottom too. As one of our newer clients told me recently, if I wasn't with you already, this would be the perfect time to join. In fact, we are onboarding a new client in the midst of this turmoil. If you aren't yet one of our clients but feel that you'd like a steady hand in these times, we would be delighted to have you join us. With a stock market sell-off in the background and a looming economic slowdown, policymakers are searching for a quick, immediate fix, utilizing zero interest rates, open-ended quantitative easing, multi-trillion dollar bailouts, unprecedented money printing. We might be trading one problem for another down the road. When too much money is chasing too few goods, inflation usually follows. This reminds us again that investing constantly requires us to see not where the ball is, but where it will likely be. The government strategy may help soften the economic impact of the current situation, but we might need to wait months or even longer to see a real improvement. My grandma, a woman of boundless optimism, told me this week, I was born during the Great Depression, lived through World War II, and the Nazi occupation, 45 years of communism and martial law in 1980s Poland. This too shall pass. It's a good time to call your family and friends, since they too might have wisdom and a new perspective to share in these unusual times. I was supposed to go to Italy in May to attend the wedding of a dear friend. That's not going to happen. I like to think that it was postponed rather than cancelled and they have already rescheduled it to May 2021. It's easier to look at everything else around us as postponed rather than canceled. The world will go on. Pent-up demand will return. In the meantime, our best choice is to stay home and stay out of the way for our health and for everyone else.